Hey, thanks for joining us on the No Limits Church podcast. Here at No Limits, we are on a mission to make a difference in the lives of others. We want to help people know God, find freedom, and discover purpose. It's a journey, and we're all walking it together. So wherever you're listening from, we pray that you are encouraged and empowered by this week's message. Well, I am super excited to bring you guys the Word today. Well, because I'm always excited when I'm bringing you the Word, because the Word is just so good. But I know that God is still up to something good. I don't know if you all remember... But during my summer series, I was talking about how we were in the middle of a great awakening. Or not in the middle of it. We were in the start of it. And uh, so I still think that, we're, that that is happening. We have something big going on. And so I just want to give you a quick reminder of what that great awakening looks like. It's basically a, a big, giant revival where culture, there's a big majority of people in culture that do a mind shift. And they start to follow God. And they start to follow Christ. And we can change our nation. And they can last decades. They can last like 30 to 40 years. So I think we're in the middle of a great awakening. We have a long road ahead, right? It's not, it's not something that happens just overnight. Because it takes a long time to train a nation. It takes a long time to disciple a nation. And people living through these times, they usually didn't even know they were in a great awakening. It wasn't until it was over and people were going, what happened there? Something amazing happened during this time frame. What was it? And, but the historians saw that. So now we can kind of see when we're leading up into one. And... Uh, What's awesome is those people knew that they had a mission, and they were just going to do their mission for God. They didn't care. They weren't looking for a revival, but that's what they got out of it because they were focused on God and what he had called them to do. Because it was actually a bunch of small local revivals. It was revivals in small towns. It was revivals in cities all across the nation. It wasn't some just one big church that made a big impact. It was all these little communities where God was igniting little little fires over the nation. So doesn't that sound a lot like what's going on today? I mean, we are called, I mean, we're reaching uh, our nation through our culture impact teams. We're letting Jesus bring the kingdom of God through our teams. And I believe this is happening all over our nation. We're not special. It's just happening everywhere. And so I say it every Sunday, but we are believing God for big things here at No Limits. But the great thing about those big things are they're big to us. But you know what? For God, they're super easy. They're super easy. So as long as we can trust in him, we know that he has it. We can believe for those big things. Because we want to see miracles. We want to see signs. We want to see wonders right here in our church. And we want it to be the norm. We don't want it to be just a Sunday here and there. We want it to be a normal occurrence in this church. You know, Pastor Mark was actually talking about it last Sunday. He said, we want to see great miracles happen. We want to see limbs grow back. We want to see demons being cast out because that's what we're called to do. And then he said, are you going to be prepared for that? Are you going to be prepared for it? Well, I believe God is preparing his people here at the beginning of this great awakening just because, and, uh, and I like to confirm this stuff. So if you're thinking like, I don't know if we should be doing that stuff or not. Well, I'll show you in scripture where we are supposed to be, we're supposed to be healing. We're supposed to be casting out demons. It is scriptural. Mark sixteen seventeen through 18. And these signs shall follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and they will drink anything deadly, and it will by no means hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick, and they will recover. Amen. I know we know that one. It's so good. But anyone who believes is called to cast out demons. They're called to lay their hands on the sick. Not to mention that we got supernatural protection, and we get an awesome prayer language also. But here's another scripture. It says, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, this is Jesus speaking, by the way, 
The works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name that I will do, the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. I know, that's so good. You know, because I've, I've said it before, but, you know, Jesus slays Lazarus from the dead. He was dead four days. So if we just do the bare minimum of those the Scripture said, we should be raising people from the dead who have been dead for four days. That's the bare minimum that the Scripture is telling us that we're capable of. So why are we not seeing these mighty things that Jesus said we would, right? You know, and I'm not the only one who knows that I, I've prayed for something that I knew was in God's will. Several times. I've done it multiple times. You, you know it's God's will. You pray for it, and then you don't see it come to pass. And you're just like, why? I don't understand. Well, I could talk about faith. I could talk about faith and how unbelief uh, kind of counteract each other and work against each other. But I believe the, count, the, the practical answer is really simple. And you notice I did not say it is really easy. I just said it was simple, okay? So Kate had asked me to speak just last Sunday. And uh, just a few days before that, I had been listening to a new series from Andrew Womack. And as soon as I started playing that series, like, I just had this, like, you need to create a sermon on what Andrew was speaking about. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll make a note of that, and I'll pray about it in a couple months, because I'm probably going to be speaking in the summer series. That's probably next time I'm going to speak. So, so I just, you know, made a little mental note and moved on. And then it wasn't like two or three days later, you know, Cade was like, hey, uh, I need you to speak this Sunday. And I was like, that's awesome, because I already know what I need to preach on. So, so you got it. Uh, and he was, but Andrew Womack was teaching on uh, how this is the year of the Bible, and how as the body of Christ we need to be in the Bible now more than we have ever been in the Bible. And uh, so that's what this series is about. It is the year of the Bible. So what this means is God is preparing us to usher in and keep moving this great revival that is here and that is coming, right? So I believe this church has a calling to not only bring this, this like a Wasso area into this, but we're going to affect communities around us, right? Like when you start a little fire, it'll start to expand. I can see this thing expanding from right here at No Limits. But you better believe me, if we do not prepare ourselves, God will find somebody else. That will, I mean, so if you are ready to be a part of this big move of God, I mean, just buckle down and get in the Bible, amen, because that's, that's where we're at. Because that's how we do it. We stay in the Word of God. And I know none of this is going to be actually completely new news, but that's okay, because it's important to keep going over and over and over this stuff. And I hope you actually leave here with a better understanding of how God's Word actually works. Because for the most part, I believe most Christians would agree that it is good to study the Bible daily, to read the Bible daily. I believe that would be most Christians would say, yeah, that's a great idea. But how many Christians are actually doing that? I believe uh, Mark said last Sunday that there was 2 billion Christians in the world. Now, how many of the 2 billion are actually studying and in the Word daily? Uh, I mean, I, I really don't know. <laughs> but I bet, it's, I bet it's a lot smaller than you think. And I'm not trying to condemn anyone because I'm by no means perfect, okay? Like there's been times in my life where I would go long periods of time without studying the Word. I don't, I don't know why, but I would figure it out, I would repent, and I would come back to the Word, probably not as quick as I should, obviously. <laughs> but it's, it's super important to get back into His Word. 
So my point is, if we can get the body of Christ in God's Word daily, we are going to start to see these miraculous things happen in our church. So let's see what this looks like in, just in our individual lives too, right? So this is Psalms 1. I mean, Psalms 1, it's an awesome psalm. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaves also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. I mean, who wants to be like this tree? Right? I mean, you get to bring forth fruit, you get to stand tall, you're strong, you prosper in all that you do. But what was one of the precursors for this type of tree? Meditating in the Word day and night. So you might say, how do I do that? You know, Chris, I have a job. I can't just meditate on the Word all day. You know, I have to, I have to go to work. Well, did you know, and this may not be new either, but the same part of you that meditates is the same part that worries, okay? Mmm, yeah, huh? So, who of here have got a bad report from the doctor's office? Who here have been through some financial trouble? And, like, you can go to your job, and you can work all day long. Nobody knows nothing's wrong with you, but that has not left your mind. You have worried about that problem all day long, and nobody knew it but you, Right? Hmm, that's the same part of you that meditates. So if you, can change what, if you can change that to meditate on the Word of God all day long, then you'll become like a tree planted next to these rivers of water. Amen. Hmm. So, and we see the same thing spoken in Joshua. Joshua 1.8, The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you observe it to do according to all that is written. For when you will make your, for then you will make your ways prosperous, and then you will have good success. Amen. <laughs> so these principles are later explained in more detail by Jesus. So if we fast forward to the New Testament, Jesus teaches us the kingdom of God is like a seed. First Peter. 123, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. So the word of God is an incorruptible seed. It doesn't go bad. It's, it's always there. So let's look at him teach more about this in the parables. And this is Jesus speaking in Mark, Mark 4. And he said, the kingdom of God is this, if a man should scatter seed on the ground and he should sleep by night and rise by day and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how, for the earth yields crops by itself. First the blade, then the head, and then the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. So I want to look at this one verse again, verse 28. It says, for the earth yields crops by itself. First the blade, then the head. After that, the full grain in the head. So this is very interesting because it doesn't say the seed yields the crop. It says the earth yields the crop, the ground does. So the word of the God is the seed, and we know our heart is the ground. So the word of God is the seed, and it brings out what is already on the inside of you. Amen? So to fully understand this analogy, let's go back to, the, to creation, right? Genesis 1, 11 through 12. Let the earth 
bring forth grass, the herb that yields the seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth, and it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit, whose seed is in itself according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. So God created the earth, the dirt, right? And it had the potential for everything it needed already inside of it. But when God spoke, the grass, the trees, even the animals, and us came from the ground. We were created from the ground. At God's word, that soil was activated, and his word came to life. Amen? So it was at his word. So do you understand what's being said here? I mean, again, Pastor Mark reminded us last Sunday that God is no respecter of persons, okay? So that means that his spirit is in each and every one of us. That means our ground, our heart, it is already perfect. So it's identical to Jesus. So everything that God has provided through Jesus is already on the inside of us. And I know we've heard that a hundred times, but this is how it works. The Word of God draws out what is already inside of us. So if you're not in the Word of God, there's nothing to draw out. You just have dirt, okay? <laughs> but So if you see someone that is living that abundant, fruitful life, they have put in the work. They have planted the seed. They have meditated on it. They have nurtured it. And that's what we all need to do as members of the body of Christ. So don't worry about the growth that's all that comes out of the ground. Don't worry about focusing on the growth above ground. Okay, focus on your roots by staying in the Word of God. Because just like this parable says, the one who scattered, he went to bed. He rose in the morning. He didn't know how the seed grew. He didn't know what made it grow, but he did it. But when it, he did, it was first the blade, and then the head, and then after that, the full grain in the head. And this is what we call seed, time, and harvest, right? So don't be discouraged when you plant a seed and you don't have instant fruit, because that's not how it works. Uh, plant the seed and continue to nurture it. Let's look back at the Mark 4 parables, okay? So this is Mark 4, 3. It says, listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it out, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground. And yielded a crop, spring up, increased, produced some 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. Who's looking for that 100-fold, right? Yeah, 100-fold. So now after this parable, Jesus' own disciples did not understand it, right? <laughs> With so much of his teachings, it's just, uh, he had to explain it to them. Which I'm glad we have the New Testament, because now we can look back and see the explanations. And <laughs> but uh, he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? So what he's saying is that this parable is so important that all the other parables hinge on it. So if you don't get this one, you're not going to get the rest, right? That's how important this is. So let's just see what Jesus had to say about it. He said, the sower sows the word, and these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their heart. These, likewise, are the ones sown on stony ground. When they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately 
they stumble. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones that are sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it and bear fruit. Some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. So when we are born again, we know that we have the Spirit of God inside of us. So that means that our ground is good, right? Amen. Your ground is good. You don't have to worry about it. But seeds don't grow just instantly, and you cannot plant them and forget about them. So let's look at how a seed actually works. You know, Because to, to get a seed, first you have to attain the seed. It has to be attained. You have to get it. Because there are a lot of people out there with head knowledge of the Bible, but they have never planted that seed in their hearts. And you can just look at the Pharisees. You know, they knew the Word of God inside and out more than anybody. They studied it daily, and yet they had no idea what it said. No idea. I mean, because the Old Testament pointed to Christ, it prophesied about Christ, it told you who Christ was going to be. Yet when the Christ showed up, when Jesus was born, they had no idea who he was. Even when he performed miracles and he spoke with power and authority, they still had no idea who Jesus really was. So how sad that the majority of God's own people didn't even recognize him. That's why I pray for divine understanding when I read the word. Because I don't want to end up thinking that I know who God is, but I don't, I don't really know who he is. And this is actually the woke church today. Because seeing, they do not see. Hearing, they do not hear. There is no understanding of God's word because it never made it into their hearts. So the seed has to be collected. Then it has to be planted. It has to be watered and nurtured. And it has to be given time. So who in here has ever planted a garden? A lot of people. Well, I got over-ambitious one year with a garden, and I tilled up an area. It was probably like, I don't know, maybe I'm exaggerating, but I feel like it was 20 foot by 30 foot or something. It was way bigger, way bigger than I needed to be growing, okay? And I thought I could put all this work in up front. I was like, I'm going to go till up all this ground. I'm going to study what seeds I can plant, where they need to be planted, what plants to be next to each other, how far they need spaced. So I put in all this bunch of upfront time, meticulously planted that garden, and I was like, yes, it's done. Now I can just wait for my harvest, right? Like if it doesn't rain, sure, I can go water it every once in a while, but that's all it'll need. <laughs> yeah, that sounds dumb now, doesn't it? I don't know why I thought that. But it only took like a couple days, and that sucker was just full of weeds. And I was like, I did not sign up for this, you know? I don't have the time to weed this thing one or two times a day. That is not going to work. Well, uh, that garden still, I mean, it made it to the end of the season, but it did not look good, okay? I got a little bit of reward from it, but it would have been so much, there would have been a lot larger harvest had I actually took the time to keep that garden weeded, to keep it watered, to make sure that nothing was getting into it. Uh, But I didn't. But I say this to you to remind you of the parable, because just because you have good ground does not mean that you will produce good fruit automatically. Because the seed has to be planted, that seed still has to be nurtured until it's ready to produce. If your focus is not on the Word of God, your garden will become overrun with weeds, which is the cares of this world. You know, because honestly, some of us, we get tired of tending our garden. We We become content with an average life. Then when the storm comes, there is no root system to withstand the winds, and everything that you had is now blown away. It's gone. You begin to question God's word. 
So what you, what you had already planted is now gone. You've got to start over again because you never took the time to grow your roots. So God, oh, he already gave you everything you needed to succeed. You just have to tend your garden and realize it takes time to develop a root system. And then you'll have outward growth. And then you will finally have fruit. You cannot wait until you need a harvest to plant a seed. You have to prepare months in advance, sometimes years in advance. So there were times in my life when I would read the Bible, and I would actually go away super frustrated. I would be frustrated because I would see these great promises of God. You know, and everything in my life would be going just fine. I wouldn't have any major problems. But there was so much promise to me in the Word of God that I wasn't seeing in the natural. Has anyone else been there? Anyone? So that type of mentality that will uproot what you've already planted because you will begin to doubt God's Word. You know, when you start saying, God, where's my fruit? You promised me this fruit. It's not here. And then you, you actually kind of want to draw back from the Word sometimes because you're just like, this isn't working anyway. Why, why should I do this? But you, it's because you haven't taken the time to keep nurturing that seed and keep believing in God's Word more than what's happening in your natural circumstances. So when you're not seeing the progress that you think you should, just imagine that root system that is growing inside you because that is still taking place. Because if you have to take, you have to take God at His Word that that fruit will bring forth, that will come through when it has fully matured. You know, there is always time between sowing and reaping, and that time is not to be, it's not time to be complacent. You have to keep digging into the Word. Also, who knows that there are multiple kinds of seed? Just like the Word of God, there are different areas that you can study to plant the Word of God in your heart. So you can study the Bible topically like this. You can study healing or, or prosperity, joy, peace, relationships, just wherever you want to grow. And you will build your faith in certain areas more quickly studying this way. But if that's the only way you study the Bible, you will become weak in some areas and strong in others. So you may experience prosperity, but your body will always be sick or vice versa. Uh, you will walk in divine health, but maybe struggle to pay rent. So this is why we also need to systematically study the Bible, and that is reading it from start to finish, and also study it topically, because the only way to get your seeds to grow is through being in the Word daily. And I know it can be hard to develop this habit, but it is necessary, because the Bible teaches us that the Word is more important than food. But, I mean, as you know, nobody... Hardly misses a meal nowadays, but it's super easy just to go a day without reading the Word. And I also know it can be hard to know where to start. And that is why we want to read through and study it with you together as a church. So I'm asking you for a commitment of 90 days, because we are going to walk through the New Testament with you in 90 days. Amen? So it's, it's really simple because there is a plan on the Bible app, right, that we can all join, and you just read along the, through the New Testament together. And, like, I took a look through it. It's only going to take you 5 to 15 minutes a day, depending on how fast you read and the, what day it is, because some has more than others. But you're 5 to 15 minutes a day in the Word of God, and I'm telling you, it is going to change your life. Because you can still use your paper Bible also, but the app will let you know each day what we are reading as a church and where we're at as a church. And at the end of each day, there will be a section for discussion, for questions. So if you have a comment like, hey, this is what God was speaking to me today, you can put it in there, and you can bless other people with that. Or if you have a question, hey, I didn't quite understand this, you can stick that in there, and then you can get the resources of other people who maybe have been in the Word a little bit longer. And if you have a question that you just don't want everybody to know, you can, you can email it to me, chris at nolimits.church. And if I don't know the answer, I'll help. we'll find it out together. 
Okay, because it's all about learning God's word. It's about planting that seed. It's about nurturing it. And so we plan to start this next Sunday because we want to give people who are maybe watching online or who weren't here today the, the opportunity to still sign up for it. So you can sign up today, but we will start reading it together next Sunday. Because God has big plans for this church. He has big plans for you. I mean, there is a great awakening. There is a revival that is happening right now. But we have a part to play, and that begins with getting into his word. If you want to see all this miraculous stuff happen, we need to dig and get into his word. So I'm asking you if you will join me in prioritizing God's word. That's all I'm asking. Let's just prioritize his word together. Amen. So all you have to do is text Bible to 918-373-9883. If you text to that link, you'll, you'll, uh, you'll get instructions. Just click, click a link below. Like I said, it starts next Sunday, but I will go ahead and give you an opportunity to sign up now. You should immediately get a text, uh, and you can click that link. If you already have the Bible app, then that plan will just be added to you. If you don't have the Bible app, it'll just it'll just have you sign in, but it's real super easy. You just can click it. Click and go. You can also join by going to nolimits.fyi, because we got everything there. And then you can just click that New Testament in 90 Days button. And I'm telling you, this is going to be so good, because when we study through the Bible as a church together, I mean, powerful stuff's going to happen. Amen. (laughs) Now, there's a lot more to understand about how, I'll give you one more minute. I think people are still signing into their phones. And, the, and if you get into the Bible app, there's also, so you can not only do what we're doing, but you can also do a topical study at the same time. Like you're saying, hey, I, I got 30 minutes. I can read more than 5, 15 minutes a day. Well, uh, you can also download a topical study from them, and then you can study, say, healing or prosperity or whatever you're going through. You can also get a, they have a lot of good studies on there. It's a really good app. Well, there's a lot to understand about how the Word of God actually works, but I want to leave you with this one last thing. If you have committed to reading the Bible with us over the next 90 days, or if you're just reading the Bible, period, I need you to make sure that you're not creating a religion out of it. And what I mean is that you need to read it because you want to grow and you want to become close to God. Don't read it to check off a box just to please God. Like, God, I read my Bible today. Check. That's not why we... (laughs) You're not going to get, you're just getting head knowledge at that point. You need to plant that seed and nurture it. So seek God. That's why I encourage you before that you read your Bible, go pray. Pray first. Seek the Holy Spirit. Say, reveal your truths to me as I read your word, because I know that in the beginning was the word. The word was God. And then the word became flesh. We know that the word is Jesus. So it's like, Holy Spirit, show me who Jesus is as I read your word. Because he is ultimately your teacher. Then meditate. On his word throughout the day, okay? In Psalm 1, when it described meditating in the word day and night, that word meditate in Hebrew is also translated imagine, like imagination. That's how we use our imagination when we meditate. So meditation is using our imagination. So when you're reading through the Bible, be sure to pause, right? Just take a, just take a minute, think about what is happening, and imagine it, Right? because that really makes it come to life in your life. Then imagine yourself doing the same things. 
know when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, imagine yourself doing the same thing. Because remember, Jesus said, we'll do the same things that he do and even greater. But if you can picture yourself doing it, if you can imagine yourself doing it, then you will be able to do it. So use that imagination to see yourself doing the same things. Because this is how we are going to develop deep roots. This is how you tend your garden when you are waiting for that fruit to appear, okay? Thank you so much for joining us. And a special thanks to those that give in to our ministry. It's because of your generous giving that we're able to lead people to Jesus and make a difference all around the world. If you're ready to give, head to your browser and type nolimits.fyi into the address bar. And if you were encouraged by this podcast, then hit that share button and pass it on so that others can be encouraged as well. Or you can even take a screenshot and share it on your social stories. Thanks again for listening. Now let's go make a difference.